the fire. Determining whether your fears are rational or irrational is one of the most important things you will ever do. Rational fear can be, like you said, productive and yeah. it can serve us and others well when it's channeled properly. Right. The quality of your life and the quality of the life of your family and society depend on you making that distinction between rational and irrational fears. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. Welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case to tackle the tough issues and the chaos of the culture yes, today. Are. Yes, with the psychological and theological explanations and applications. And yes, we are still basking in the glow of Thanksgiving. There is so much to be grateful for. Yes, we are. And, and you are because, you know, always you're always dressing up our house in ways that make a person just want to sit in the house by the fireplace and take it all in. So <laughs> we are, this, it's, it, honestly, around our house, this is one of the favorite times of the year, right? Yes, I mean, it is. I mean, it's the Thanksgiving, Advent, Christmas season. And, and it, but it also, I mean, this season also calls us to focus on things that matter in life, mm-hmm. things that make life worth living. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day you ask me to come in and just sit before you so just you can adore sit. me. Yes, and get I just thanks. sit in a door. No, that honey, that's not what the, the hymn does not say, oh come let us adore her. It doesn't say that. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're already off track. I know. Okay. Every okay. time. Okay. okay. Let's get back to get it. Get back to it. But seriously, you found a couple of articles this week that you ran across that really mm-hmm. made me in particular want to discuss this topic of irrational fear on today's podcast. Okay. You know, our young people. Actually, people of every age are becoming overcome by fear, often, you know, times that are their irrational fears. And um, we're being encouraged to check out or to go it alone or to isolate as if that's a modern or more enlightened way to deal with our problems. And, you know, it's completely at odds with a faith um, of family and community and the focus that the Bible would advise us to do. I mean, even in psychology, we would never, ever advise someone to check out, go it alone as a good strategy for mental health. I mean, what's going on? Well, first of all, Maria, I think you're right. I mean, there's an, I think it's an unhealthy I'm always movement. right. Well, are we back to that? <laughs> are we singing another hymn? What are we doing here? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we no. got a different hymn. But though. you're okay, right. We'll talk I mean, about that later. Too. Go ahead. There is no. There is. There's an unhealthy movement in our culture, and and the sad part about it is, I think it's organized. I think people are being egged on. Uh, again, from people who are in charge of politics, you know, of the day, the media narratives of the moment, and even the entertainment industry that we consume. It, I, and I do think it's a control thing. I think that's why they're doing it, but that's sure. that's a program for another day. Mm-hmm. But it is all fear-based, and it's destructive not only to a healthy personal life, it's destructive to our culture as well. So, you know, I'd ask, are we willing to bask in the you know state of irrational fear, or are we going to return to living lives that are courageously free? You know, free to do what's right without fear, free mm-hmm. to do what's right in the face of fear. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you were talking about these two articles, and the first one is by Dennis Prager. He wrote the article called "Fear is a, is deadlier than viruses," and then there was another one, and this is the one that really got to me mm-hmm. by by Aaron Elmore, and it was titled "The Child Free Movement." Yeah. 
Yeah. I do want to go back and just reiterate what you said, because I really like that. Are we willing to bask in irrational fears, or are we going to return to living lives that are courageously free? Free to do what is right without fear, or free to do what is right in the face of fear, right? right? Prager got it right into the heart of it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he talked at length about the fears that are presented to us every day and how they tend to overwhelm us, or they can overwhelm Mm. us. I mean, he admitted that you know, while love and hate are very strong emotions, he personally believes that fear, especially rational fear, is the strongest, most harmful one of all. And, you know, it can motivate us to do things that we never even imagined we could ever do. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, he, that was hard for him to admit. He just thought about love and hate as the most powerful emotions. Mm-hmm. And he finally said, no, after this last year with COVID, uh, it, it's this irrational fear. Mm-hmm. So that, and again, that's what we did see with the COVID-19 stuff. But I think, again, it's getting worse, if you can imagine that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the second article is talking about. It's going to the heart of society itself. The child-free movement is going after girls especially, but it's also going after boys too, trying to convince them that going childless is the best response to the fears we face today. And and I, that toxic remedy is the craziest thing I've heard of it yet. And even in my mailbox today, I got two more articles talking about this happening. It demonstrates, again, the power of, mm-hmm. of irrational fear. And I, I, it's hard to imagine a more destructive view of life than to tell young men and women to basically go it alone, become sterile, get a job, and work until you die. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for some people to imagine, but that's what fear, especially irrational fear, can do. In my work over the years, I've seen that, you know, failing to appropriately and effectively deal with fear can really, truly incapacitate people to do or not do for themselves or for others what is best. I mean, I practice a type of therapy with my clients called Rational uh, Emotive Behavioral Therapy. We call it REBT for short. And it's about 70 years old. And um, this helps them to identify rational and irrational thoughts. And Mm. And the reason it's so important to identify irrational beliefs and negative thoughts is because there are patterns of thought that we each have. And these can lead us to emotionally emotionally based decisions and emotional behaviors. Mm -hmm. And these can lead to real troubling things that we're seeing so much of today. It's very prevalent. I mean, our emotions and behavior are strongly, strongly influenced by how we think. So we have the ability, though, to change our thinking and in doing so, change our behavior and our emotions. And I think that's especially true of irrational fear. And and that's what we're dealing with today on a societal level. You Mm -hmm. know, all of us, let's just be honest, all of us have fears. Sure. You know, there's a level of rational fear that keeps a person sharp on top of things. I mean, just things like fear of not being able to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fear of keeping a roof over one's head. Mm -hmm. There are appropriate fears in life Mm -hmm. uh, that need to be faced for our own well-being. But today, we're being inundated with what, you know, we're talking about today, irrational fears, fears that are designed to overwhelm us, to cause us to throw up our hands, to give up control of our lives, or at least give up responsibility for our lives. Mm -hmm. So which ones are you thinking about? Well, I mean, again, I want to start with COVID because it's still so fresh in our minds. There's a healthy and an an unhealthy, irrational fear concerning COVID-19. And I saw it play out over all of last year, all around the country. Mm -hmm. Now, again, of course, no Nobody wants to get COVID-19 or spread COVID-19 if they can help it. Right. And at first, we were very concerned with how deadly it was and how, and, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. You know, so the news reports are coming in, hospitals are being overrun, people are dying. That was just fear. 
But with time and investigation, we found out the virus was deadly to a certain group of people and not so deadly to most others. In truth now, this is the way it is. The virus had a 99.8% survival rate for those under 70 who are generally under with good health and a 95% survival rate for those over. So it was more deadly to people who were older. So again, the whole thing should have been, you know, focus on the vulnerable, protect them, let everyone else get back to living life. Yeah, but that's not what happened, is it? I mean, right. th- this country was shut down. Even as the news became more positive, encouraging, uh, people were made to feel more afraid. They were. Yeah, like Prager said um, in the article when, uh, with media-induced irrational uh, fears, he said, that's why millions of healthy people stayed indoors for a year or more. A year. Why a vast number of people wore masks while walking or sitting alone outdoors. I even saw them wearing masks by themselves in, the in their car. Yeah, in their car. <laughs> I, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And why so many parents do you know didn't even allow their children to play with other children, to see their grandparents. Right. Uh, or more, even though the COVID-19 mortality rate among children was considerably less than the flu's mortality. Almost rate among children. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, and with that fear, many people began to check out, to abdicate living as if that would make fear go away. And see, the irony is that that's, grows. yeah, that strategy actually may have made the virus more potent mm. longer than it otherwise would have been. But again, the point we're talking about today is that the spear of fear, especially the ira- spear of fear, spear of fear. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, goes right good. to the heart. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Let's title the program that the spear of fear. You know, but it, 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 it what it can do, what that emotion can do, and that's why I, the article by Aaron Elmore is even more alarming to me mm-hmm. because our our young people are now being seduced by the same ruling class elite to become, vo- now think about this, voluntarily mm-hmm. childless. Yeah. Young women are especially being targeted, convinced to have physical sterilization mm-hmm. as a desirable response to the horrors of the world. And again, what are those horrors? Global warming, economic disparity, COVID-19, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yet they're being asked to abdicate their God-given gift of being able to have children, to grow a family with a committed mm-hmm. spouse, to get a job. No, what are they going to do? They're going to just get a job, go it alone, and then die, as if that's the solution to the mammoth problems we face. I, yeah, I know. I mean, Elmore rightly pointed out that people are being seduced by this irrational fear with hype that this action makes one more free and powerful when it actually makes a person more powerless and more hopeless in the end. Right. I mean, she too points out that the difference between rational and irrational fear is important. Maybe we should define that better right now. Yeah. And well, and I try to keep it simple. I would just say rational fear is a fear that deals with a real imminent threat to oneself. And a rational fear seeks a response in things that are reasoned, measured, and enduring. Mm-hmm. Now, irrational fear is magnifying that healthy self-preservation response beyond credulity. I mean, um, magnifying both the threat and the response beyond anything credible. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, a person may be afraid of water, and if you're in a tiny boat on a large body of water in the middle of a storm, well, fear of drowning is rational. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a bathtub, you know, that may be overflowing, that fear would be irrational. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think? Mm -hmm. No, I think you're right. I think your explanation definition were spot on. I mean, so so we can see, read. Can I I get that in writing? No, no. (laughs) I'm I'm afraid. (laughs) That word spot on comes up, but it generally (laughs) is not a good thing for me, folks. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I, I seldom agree with you. We know this, but no, no I do really mean. truly think that your explanation definition were good. So, well, but you. so so the point is, we can see, we can read, we can hear, whatever. We can identify a dilemma or a problem and mm-hmm. have a thought about it that can turn into a belief, and that elicits an emotional or behavioral response. And these irrational beliefs are what create anxiety, depression, guilt anger, resentment, procrastination, and addictions, all of which are super disempowering moods, emotions, and behaviors, which take away from us our purpose for living and our quality of life. Yeah, and that's why I think that this chosen childless movement is so crazy. And I guess it's a bigger, bigger deal than I thought. I mean, think about it. There's one command in Genesis that's never rescinded in spite of all the apocalyptic talk to the contrary. It's God's command to Adam and Eve, uh, and it says... Be fruitful and multiply and fill and subdue the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And and when you think about it, that's really God saying that's what it means to be alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, be alive. Love and cherish the world the way I love and cherish you and extend my love by having and raising children to know and do the same. And the childless movement not only exaggerates the problem, it abdicates life as a solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy to Mm -hmm. me. So what you're saying is that even if there are some issues that are credible threats or the cause of real fears, our solutions can tell us whether we are dealing with them rationally or irrationally. Yeah, I think so. Not only thinking about are you having irrational thoughts, but what are your solutions? Mm -hmm. Think about those two because that can tell you whether you're overreacting to something. So I think you're right. People may be concerned about caring for the environment, but when we have all these people say the sky is falling, uh, give me total control of your life, and these proclamations by (laughs) politicians or pseudoscientists, when they tell you something crazy like that, you know, just understand that's irrational. Or when they say don't get married, don't have children. Just be a cog in the machine, retire and die. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like I said, I think it's it's beyond irrational. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I agree with you. Okay. I got to stop. <laughs> Two times, one program. Okay. Spot on. I just said it right here. I put a spot right there. Very funny. Thank you. But you know, if you live in fear too long, you, it's hard to get centered and to realize that you are making decisions based on fear. So, um, you know, I wanted to say like long before I earned my PhD, when I was very, very young, uh, a teenager, I remember Young Miss magazine coming out. It later became known as YM. And this magazine came to us through the public schools. And later on, as we grew older, we started reading Vogue and Cosmo. And there were subjects that I'd never, never seen before regarding sex and divorce and saucy language. And, And those topics sometimes confused me and the scripts and the content that were in those magazines. And it made me question what I had been taught by my parents and by my church. Right. You know, so I every, I didn't know really how to navigate. You know, I wanted to be cool and fit in and sure. be popular. You know, so looking at scripture really helped me a lot. I, I figured if I could align my solutions, like you were talking about, my ideas and thoughts, even if I was fearful of enacting those ideas and, and you know, here on earth, mm-hmm. as much as possible with God's word, then my behaviors and beliefs would be productive for my purpose for living. I mean, I wouldn't abandon life. I didn't want to throw away my gifts or damage my ability to see good in people and good in life, you know. Right. And I worked, you know, I have worked in multiple settings and anxiety 
that is driven by irrational thoughts is prevalent, especially with the young college-age students. And I see them isolating themselves. And that leads to depression, you know, or joining other like-minded individuals and groups, which can go awry very quickly when emotions are the driving, uniting force of them being together. Right. So, you know, that can quickly turn to anger and self-righteousness being expressed behaviorally. I mean, and it's just, and at that point, it's a placebo. It's not really a solution. It's not a solution. Yeah. It's not even. It's, it's masking the problem and letting it, it's it go false. worse. Too. It's false. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a, it's just completely false. So you know, listen. Determining whether your fears are rational or irrational is one of the most important things you will ever do. I'm not saying that rational fear isn't powerful, mm-hmm. but. Because, but but rational fear can be, like you said, productive, and yeah. it can serve us and others well when it's channeled properly. Right. The quality of your life and the quality of the life of your family and society depend on you making that distinction between rational and irrational. Now, weren't you in that magazine? Uh, not that one. I was in teen. Oh, what was it? I don't know. Teen something. I can't remember. I was the. the I just want you guys to know why I married you. <laughs> Okay. Oh, it's a teen of the month. <laughs> teen of, of the month. month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but that's also part of the people are conformed to these things. And they want to be part of the crowd. And now when you think of it, back then it was magazines, which weren't as prevalent, you know, but now you can have these uh, uh, digital copies everywhere all the time. It's, it's, it's engrossing and kids can't get away from some of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know, true. Marie, you deal with these things on a very personal level. Uh, maybe this is a good time to share your information with our listeners as to how they might contact you if they, if they might like to talk through some of these fears, and rational or irrational. Yes, absolutely. However, I do deal with these issues on a professional level as well. <laughs> well <right. laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> yeah. So people can reach out to us online at cccc-usa.com. That's four C's, cccc-usa.com. Or they can call us at 636-368-5383. That's 636 368 5383. So we offer in-person as well as virtual online sessions. Now, why don't you, Greg, uh, mm-hmm. give your information because you have information of what's going on today and what is coming politically. Yes, I will. And in fact, you can reach us at lcrlfreedom.org. That's lcrlfreedom.org. Visit our website or our Facebook page, even our YouTube channel, because we are dealing with these irrational fears uh, on a political level uh, for your freedom's sake as well. So uh, join that party with this. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we've been talking about fear, irrational fear, and unhealthy responses. Mm-hmm. So let's go in a different direction. Let's talk about courageous freedom I, and I the power. I that. I know. This is where you, yes. you shine, right? Yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about courageous freedom and the power to face our fears. Let's even talk about the power of our faith in God to face fears that are otherwise uh, might overwhelm us um, completely. Well, we can start with, you know, again, in the article, Prager starts by talking about first determine whether your fears are rational or irrational. We've just been talking about that. So to do that, obviously, you've got to come to grips with the extent of the problem, research, study, examination. Um, but I'd like to say it this way. Fa- you know, first, face your fears. You know, mm-hmm. and seek ways to deal with them with knowledge, with courage, and with faith. And so there are all kinds of strategies, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. as to how you might do that. Mm-hmm. So you're not suggesting that they run away from their fears. Do not run. <laughs> not to a safe space. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, people. in fact, one of the ways to develop character. Uh-uh, that's oh, my area. No, that's your area? That's okay, my area. Okay, Stay away. Jump back, Jack. Spot off. Okay. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> right. Okay. Spot off. Okay. okay. No, but seriously, what you were saying is good. But And taking responsibility for examining our own thoughts uh, through research and not propaganda right. is important, right? So look at other explanations and stances for the ideologies that you're seeing here mm-hmm. and that you, know, that you may be holding. Ask yourself, what evidence do you have for believing what you believe? What evidence do you have that this is true, that it has happened or it will happen? And what are alternative possible solutions and explanations? And ask yourself, is holding on to your belief helping you or hurting you? Are you feeling restrained, guilted, limited, or free? I mean, face your fears because that's where you can desensitize yourself. That's where you grow. Mm -hmm. Do not isolate. Do not run to a safe space. Face them even when you are afraid. Do it courageously. Yeah, I think so. And and again, I you know in that article that we were just talking about rational, irrational fears, Prager also says most fears when stoked by governments and their allies and the media and the big tech, when they actually suppress other opinions. You know, so when you hear only one option designed yeah. to make you feel afraid, there's a good chance your fears mm-hmm. are irrational. And I think that too, again, that's pretty sound advice. Mm-hmm. So if you're constantly bombarded with a problem that is deemed so overwhelming that you must give up all your freedom, your personal responsibility, and even your basic dignity to solve it, chances are your fears are irrational. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, you know, when you get excited, I have to say something real okay. quick. You start elevating your voice. Elevating. Yeah, you okay. almost, it's it's a little bit, Okay. yeah, down calm down. down. Yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, this is such a big topic to me. Well, I think we have a lot of big selling, topics okay. today. All right. Yeah, okay, so anyway, but that reminds me of many today who are scared to death about global warning. Yeah, there's another. Right? Global yeah. warming. I said warning. Yes, you did. Well, warning, Well, there's warming. a warning coming up yeah, for it soon. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I, I think that Aaron Elmore's quote from Al Gore mm-hmm. in January 2006 that stated uh, um, unequivocally that the world would end in exactly 10 years, right? So we, we should be gone already. This is 2006. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she said that uh, the world, world would end in exactly 10 years if we didn't stop using fossil fuel, right? right. That's what Gore was saying. Right. That fear has gripped many, many people even today. And the, wor- the world's eminent end is one reason why people are not having children or are willing to give up responsibility of their lives and hand that responsibility over to others. But what really irritates me is when some of the more vociferous people are asked, well, why, you know, have you given up driving your car? Did you stop heating your home? Do you stop flying around the globe in your personal planes? <laughs> right? right? Yeah. They, they often respond by saying that, well, the problem is so big that a personal lifestyle on my part won't really matter. <laughs> right. So if you're, you know, if you as an individual who's been voicing and all of these things are, are unwilling to make personal changes in your life, but you demand that other people make changes? Come on, man. Your fears are probably irrational and your responses are very are hypocritical. Obviously hypocritical. Obviously. Right. Well, and again, I think you're onto something there. You're spot on, actually. I'm always spot but on. But again, that was she was talking in that article about this child-free thing. Mm-hmm. And and so I bet you that the people who are promoting the childlessness, they're still getting married, having children, sending them to the best schools. I read another study that pointed out the middle class and the poor were being seduced by the 1960s libertinism movement. What? You know, they were kind of encouraged, have sex with as many people as you want, have children out of wedlock, get divorced, be fatherless, you know, in terms of fatherless families. But the upper class at the same time, this report said, were still telling their children, even dictating to them the traditional get married lifestyle, have children work hard, that type of thing. So again, 
When personal responsibility is abdicated, your fears are dictating an irrational response too. Or when traditional solutions to our fears, that these are solutions that have been found for years and years and decades in faith, family, church, and community. When those things are jettisoned, chances are your fears are irrational too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that comes from people not wanting to or are unable to deal with things that are out of, you know, or that are in their control and things that are not within their control. For for example, our mortality rate is not within our control. Right. Right? We can live a healthy life to the best of our ability. We can eat well, exercise, get enough rest, do all the things that we're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't forestall our own mortality. That's an issue that is way above our pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's the arena of God's role in our life. Yeah, and we have to be able to distinguish between those things that are out of our control and those things that are in our control. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6 when he says, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. And then he goes on to say, don't be anxious about your life. Now think about this. Don't be anxious about your life. And I think things were harder in the first century in many ways than they are today. Mm-hmm. He says, don't even worry about what you eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you put on, because your life is more important than that. And the Father in heaven, you know, takes care of you. And then he even mm-hmm. gives the examples. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the grass of the field. The Father takes care of all this stuff. And then he says, aren't you more important than birds? Aren't you more important than the grass? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So knowing the issues and the solutions that are best left to God, and then knowing those things that are within our own purview, uh, that matters both practically and emotionally, especially when we're dealing with our fears. Yeah, dealing with our fears with a healthy balance between those things that are within our control and those things that aren't, that's key. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Also knowing that there is purpose and order and love in the world because there is a God in heaven who created us and redeemed us because he loves us. Right. That's a foundation for facing fear with courage. I mean, you're not facing it alone, right? I mean, he's right next to you. He experienced everything that we've experienced. Exactly. I mean, so if you are confused, look to scripture for the answer. Well, and that's... Exactly why I think that as Americans, we have an opportunity, even in our culture, to express a whole different way of facing the issues of our day. Again, maybe it's returning to some of the things we did before, but one that's rooted in courageous freedom, Mm -hmm. you know, freedom to do what is right for us and for others, because there is a God in heaven, like you said, Mm -hmm. who actually encapsulates all of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's one that takes personal responsibility for our lives and for the lives of those whom we love. And I think that's where this stuff starts and it emanates out from there. Yeah. And focusing on that really makes a difference. I mean, we start with ourselves. We seek to love others as God loves us. And that happens most often in the most important relationship in our lives, which is marriage. Right. right? I mean, marriage, too, it has a purpose. It's not just to be uh, for romantic reasons, for personal happiness. It's to extend that love into the world through children by Mm. raising them and preparing them to take their place in the world. I mean, and to demonstrate God's love. Right. But but even if you can't have children. There are other ways to demonstrate right, that love. Right, right, and, and And maybe that's what your purpose is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not defective because of that. And then even the work we do, the friends we have, it's all part of the plan of the God who loves us, the people we meet, all of that. So challenges in this world are, to be, are supposed to be faced with courage, wisdom, faith, and love. It's a demonstration. I mean, we've got this because he has us. Yeah, indeed. Again, that's life mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And and 
I love what God told the Old Testament Israelites to do. They're living as captives in Babylon. Okay, Uh that's where this is. They're not happy. They wish they could go home, and they're not going to be able to go home. Uh And in Jeremiah 29, he says this, Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase your number there. Now, they're in captivity now. Mm -hmm. Don't decrease and seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So I'm sure that they were rationally mm-hmm. afraid. Sure, they were in they, captivity, yeah. but he's still giving and, them directives for purpose. They're hopeless. Well, are we right. ever going home again? But they face their fears in wisdom, courage, faith, and love in the God who created, ordered, and loved them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the definition of, of rightly facing our fears, even today. That's right. Very good. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fear or any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. Familyvisionmedia.org.